Welcome to episode 8, I think it is now, the Team Z podcast. Um, thanks to everyone that sent the questions in. Uh, most of them sort of revolved around Spurs, so uh, I'm sort of going to answer those in sort of all at once, really, because it makes no sense to discuss one Spurs topic and then something else and then back to Spurs. So I'm just sort of going to discuss Spurs in general for the, I don't know, 10-15 minutes and then I'll get on to sort of the rest so the first sort of question I got asked about Spurs is the lineup next season what I think it'll be what I would what I want it to be I guess um so obviously this is like a this is like a transition period now for Spurs like this is our not this season but next season will be like our rebuild period where you know Ericsson will be gone Rose it looks like he's probably gonna stay but he'll be like phased out um, Vertonghen and Alderweireld, they'll probably be gone. Um, pretty much, pretty much most of our core from this sort of successful uh, period that we've had in the last four or five years in Potter's era, pretty much. So there's gonna have to be like signings and just you know a whole new squad, pretty much. So the lineup that I'd want, realistically, let's say. Let's say we have about 60, 70 million to spend, maybe 100 million at a stretch, I don't know. I think Ingo Lloris not going to change. Um, he is on the decline, but I don't see it. I don't think the situation is bad enough where we need to go out and spend like 30, 40 million on a keeper when we've got more pressing issues. Right back, um, I don't know, you know. I, I still, I don't mind Ori as much as most Spurs fans. Like... He's a good player that has that has a lot of a lot of like brain dead moments, but it's it's not like it is becoming so frequent now to the point where he just can't he just shouldn't be a star. Like if he just kept his performances levels up from like I think he had like three four good good games this season like when he first got into the team, like the one Palace I think and Leicester he was pretty good in those games. If he just kept that up for like even a few months and then just cut those mistakes out to like one or two a season he'd be fine that would be like Walker when he was still like starting for us in like 16, 17 like that is what Walker was but he literally does something stupid at every fucking game and it's gotten to the point where like he's just a walking penalty or just a walking red card like he's such a liability so I think he's fine as like a squad player like I don't think he's he's that toxic like in the dressing room and stuff like he seems to get on with most players so I don't, I don't believe I don't buy the whole thing that he's like a toxic player in the dressing room but he just shouldn't be starting anymore and um he has to start this season pretty much because you know Walker Peters is shit and Foyf um I'll get into Foyf in a minute actually but I don't I don't see Foyf as a as a right back to be honest I see him as as a centre back so I don't, at this point, I'd probably play, play Foy for right back to be fair, because Ori is just—he's just too much of a liability. Like, just can't can't rely on him every single week. It, like some games, you're literally starting like a goal down when you've when you've got him in the team, because he's just—you just know he's going to do something stupid. Like it's just—it's happened so many times this season, and he's not even played like every week. He must have made like maybe ten appearances, and he's done like five or six retarded things. Like, ah man, but. Yeah, so 
right back in an ideal world probably someone like Atal like I haven't seen Atal too many times but he just reminds me of Cancelo so much like the way that that whole right flank yeah it's like he just I wouldn't say patrols it but like he runs that whole flank pretty much like we don't even need a great right winger going forward like it doesn't have to be like a great winger on that side you know because Atal is basically like a winger that's what I'm trying to say but um, and he's so quick as well. Like that recovery pace is so important for a fullback these days. But um, the weird thing is he's been playing on the wing, left wing, pretty much the whole season. Um, at Nice, so it's not like he's gonna. It's not like he's forgotten how to play right back. But I don't know. It's a bit concerning. Like if he's playing as a winger, you know, whose main job is to you know cut in and score goals. Playing him at right back and expecting him to be amazing. Straight away, it's probably, I don't know, it, it's it's just something to maybe be concerned about. It's not like a massive worry, but Atal apparently we're interested in um in the summer, so I can see it happening. And it's not like he's on, he's not like he's on like Barcelona's radar or something like. It doesn't seem like he's attracting the top top elite clubs, so I think it's realistic. Um, and we've also been linked to some West Brom guy. I forgot his name. I think it's Roberts, but I'm not sure. But yeah, I've honestly, like, I've never seen him. I don't know, like, what type of player he is, so I can't comment. But yeah, in ideal words, a towel right back. Centre-backs, um, it looks like Vertonghen and Alderweireld will both go. Like, I could maybe see Vertonghen getting, like, a one-year extension. Because I think he's definitely more willing to stay than Alderweireld is. But, um, but I, I don't know, like, I think for the best of the squad... Like, it's probably for the best of the squad. Ah, uh, you know what I'm trying to say. It's probably best for the squad if um if he just goes, like, if we just completely start fresh with this, this new era. Because he is, like... I wouldn't say he's finished, but he's, like, seriously on the decline. Um, yeah, like, he might be a good squad player, but maybe it's just best to have a young player in his place, like Tanganga or something. I don't know. Someone just... Someone that's maybe worse, but is a lot younger and will be better in a couple of years. It'll be better for our long-term future. So, um, I reckon we'll sign a centre-back. I've got no idea who, like, honestly, I couldn't... I don't even know who I want, because, like, I always saw um, Diallo from, from Dortmund last season as a, like, a long-term Vertonghen replacement. Because, you know, he's pretty good on the ball, left-footed, pretty, pretty quick, pretty strong, you know, he's... I saw him as a, as a pretty, you know, like-for-like replacement, but obviously he went PSG, so, you know, and I think he's playing left, he plays left-back there quite a lot now as well, so, I don't know, like, if his future is actually at left-back or centre-back, but either way, it seems like he's not really, unless he has, like, a terrible season, then there's no way that we're going to get him, like, there's no way he's Vertonghen's replacement, so, I'm not sure, like, Aki, we've been linked to Aki, but, what is it, 70 million they want, something ridiculous, like, I don't, I, I like Ake, yeah, but, he's not like, 70 million is what you pay for a defender, that's like, 22, and it's going to be amazing for like, the next decade, that's how I see it, or they're already like, they're already world class, someone like Van Dyke, you know, obviously that was, that was, that that's obviously been justified, like 75 million for him, or like Koulibaly, if he was a few years younger, I'd pay like 78 million for him, but Ake, he's not even that young, he's like what, 24, 25. Like, he's not old, but he will probably never be an elite centre-back. And that's a lot of money to pay for a defender who 
you know, it's just good. That's all it is. He's just good. So, um, I don't know. Honestly, I couldn't tell you who I want. I haven't really thought about it too much. But I do know that Sanchez is... I still I still believe in Danson Sanchez. And he's actually looked pretty decent recently this season with a more sort of... Odd for us a lot. He's very, like, composed, you know. He's like, you know... He, I think if he had, like, another sort of headless chicken next to Sanchez... Um, it's just chaos, you know, and when he plays, when especially when he plays Aurea right back and then Sanchez on that side, right centre back, that whole flank here, yeah, that whole right side is just so, like, <laughs> it's just, it's just the disaster waiting to happen. But, I don't know, he's looked decent recently, like, last five, six games, he's been, he's been really good, so, and he was good, like, 17, 18 in his first season. Mostly in the back three, but even in the back four, like he still looked good. So there's definitely a good player in there. He's just very mistake prone, and I think he thinks he's stronger than he is. Like he gets bullied a lot, and he really shouldn't. And you know, he just loves to get in physical battles when he probably shouldn't either. Like he just needs to learn. He needs to realize he's not he's not that strong. Like he's he's pretty strong, but he gets bullied a lot. And yeah. Um. Then we have obviously Foyf, who's there. Um, I like Foyf, but I don't know if he's like, I don't know if he's starting material yet. Like, he's just right now he's just a good squad player, and to expect him to sort of step up and then, and then be you know ready to compete for top four is a bit. I think it's a bit much. Like, I don't know how many starts he's actually made for us in the league or Champions League. You know, it can't be more than like ten, surely. So. Foyf, good player for the future, and I'd have him as like third choice centre back. Like I'm, he's not like he, he's not some of that. He, 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 I still want him to play like quite a lot of games this season and next season, but I don't know if I'd have him as like first choice centre back. Like Sanchez, I would be pretty happy with as first choice centre back alongside a new guy. But Foyf, I'm not sure. Like Sanchez Foyf as a partnership, I'm not sure about, and I don't think they've even ever played together. So. A centre-back, I don't know who, but a centre-back is, like, essential pretty much this summer. Maybe even two. Depends if, um, apparently Tanganga might leave. Like, apparently he's not signed a new contract. But I don't know. I don't know much about that situation. So, we do have Dave, Davies that can technically cover left centre-back. So, yeah, I think we just need one, one really good centre-back. And then I'm pretty confident for, you know, that situation. You know, the post... Um, Vertonghen and Alderweireld era. So then left back. Um, hopefully Sessegnon is legit. Like hopefully he is a good. He becomes a good Premier League left back. Um, Davies is honestly fine, but he's just not great. Like he's just sort of okay at, at everything. Like he's not that. He's really not athletic at all. So in like this, you know, he does get exposed sometimes, like against really quick wingers. So like Olympiakos. It was actually painful to watch him, like, that winger that got in behind. Yeah, like, that is a problem. But, like, positionally, he's pretty good. He's pretty good passer. Um, pretty good crosser. Like, I think he, he actually reminds me of Trippier a bit. Like, but he's obviously, like, quite a bit slower and just... Um, and not as sort of... Like, Trippier's crossing at times was really good. Whereas Davies, it's more like... He, I don't think he puts that many crosses in, but... He sort of has like pretty good passing. Like his passes into 
into Kane and stuff or into Ali are pretty dangerous. So, yeah, I don't know. I'd say Davies to start with, but like slowly integrate. I'd integrate Cessna this season as a left, as like a left back in cup games and stuff. Or even in like, um, okay, we don't really have many dead rubber Champions League games now. Maybe if, if we've qualified by the last game. Um, I don't know if we have Bayern last or if we have Olympiacos last, but whoever we have last, I just throw him in there like a left back. If we've already qualified, why not? And obviously we're still in the FA Cup, so maybe play him there. You know, the odd league game. Rose is pretty much finished, and I doubt he's like. I, I don't know. The thing is, Poch really likes Rose, like as a as a person. I'm guessing, and obviously as as a player, he's he's been good for him for years. So. I don't know, like, it it doesn't seem like Rose will be completely sort of cut off from the team. Like, he'll still have a role, he'll still play semi-regularly. But in an ideal world, he just wouldn't play, like, much. Like, the odd game here and there. But, um, but yeah, like, maybe... I I remember Poch played him as, like, a DM a couple of times when he first came back from injury a couple of years ago. Maybe, like, trying him there or something, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to share at this point. I think he should just be... He should he should have been sold this summer. Like, I'm actually... I, I'll hold my hands up. Like, I didn't want him sold this summer because he still... He was pretty good last season, I thought. And... Like, especially towards the back end of last season, he was he was really good. And, you know, we were basically relying on... If we sold him, we were basically relying on Davies and Sessegnon, who wasn't even confirmed until deadline day. So, that's... Like, we could have been fucked either way. Like, if we sold Rose... Davies is good, but he's not. He's not great. Like he's still, he's still upgradable. And Sessegnon, we don't even know. Like, I'm guessing his best position is left back, but he's like not even. Like, what even is he at this point? Like, he's not. He's not a Premier League left back yet. You know. So. So yeah, that's how I see that situation. Um, as for midfield, I think a DM is probably the biggest issue right now that we need. That we need to solve urgently. Um, Winks is sort of doing a job, but he's just so, I don't know if I'd say poor, he's just average defensively, like, he doesn't really do much, he runs around, and, like, he screens, sort of, midfielders, but he doesn't, he doesn't tackle, like, or he doesn't, he doesn't sniff out danger, like, someone like Ndidi, yeah, you watch Ndidi, I don't really like Ndidi as a player, but, he just sniffs out danger, he just wins the ball back for fun, and he doesn't really get beat one-on-one much, Winks, yeah, he just... Even yesterday for England against um, Montenegro, there's a couple of times where he just got beat like by by a shit winger that no one's ever heard of. Like that should not happen if you're the if you're the holding mid in the team. If you're the guy that's basically meant to marshal and protect the back line. Like it, he's a good player, but he's just not a, not a holding mid. He's not the guy that you want to protect the defense. So. I just see Winks as a good squad player or a good four-two-three-one sort of centre mid. You know, I don't see him as a as a holding mid at all. So we badly need a DM, someone like Ndidi. But obviously, he probably costs like seventy, eighty million at this at this point. Um, and I'm not his biggest fan, anyways. Like I want someone that's a bit better on the ball. Um, so I really don't know. I don't. The thing is, yeah, I don't. I just I watch I watch plenty of football, but I never. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. I just don't ad- identify certain players with with Spurs. I don't really think about it like that. I just watch football because it's entertaining. I don't really. I don't know. I just, especially DMs. Yeah, I don't watch football ever and really 
think, wow, this DM was amazing. Unless he wins the ball back like 20 times. I really think like, yeah, what a masterclass from this DM. Or a centre-back. Like, I mainly just notice wingers and forwards. Or like creative midfielders. So, I don't know, man. Honestly, I feel like if we just like went on like who scored or something. And just typed in, oh, who's got the most tackles and interceptions. And, and it's like a, like a decent age, like under 24 or something. We'd probably find someone good in like Europe that I haven't even heard of. <clears throat> I haven't even heard of. So, yeah, if if like a Spurs like head of recruitment, whoever is listening, that's what I'd recommend, man. Just go on who scored, sort by tackles, sort by interceptions. Whoever the fuck is top, man, because I swear, yeah, guys like Gay and Didi, even like Bakayoko before he went um Chelsea, the numbers they were putting up, yeah, was crazy, like. And they are good DMs, so that's all we need. We don't need the DM that's like uh, that's gonna progress the ball or that's gonna, you know, be you like amazing on the ball. As long as they're like decent on the ball, but we just need someone that is just great at winning the ball back and can give it to these sort of more creative midfielders ahead of him, like Endombele, Lacelso, Ali, Lamela, kind of if he if he plays deeper. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. The thing is, yeah, I I just haven't identified a single player other than maybe a towel that we actually badly need this summer. But I just know we need players. So, as for midfielders, I want a 4-3-3 next season, by the way, if I haven't said already. Um, and it, can't, it, it doesn't have to be like a fixed formation. Like obviously, Ali can't really play centre mid. So, maybe like a 4-2-3-1 certain games. Like it's good to be flexible. But, I just think four three three suits our squad best and it suits Endombele and, and Lascelles the best. Um so yeah, those two centre mid, pretty obvious, pretty standard. Um yeah, I don't really think much needs to be said about them. Lascelso, he's not had like a an amazing start yet, but that's mainly because of injuries and just we haven't really seen him in like we don't really know what his best position is yet. Like I think he played qu- Played a bit deeper at um, Batiste, like centre mid, but then he got pushed forward towards the end of last season. Um, I think there's times where he's even playing up front, but clearly that's not like that's not going to happen at Spurs. But I see him as just sort of a centre mid in a in a three man midfield, like the most advanced centre mid. Someone like like Pogba at United, he's he's a centre mid, but he's a, like attack minded. Um, Endombele, he's been pretty good. Just his fitness is a bit of an issue, but. I'm not like I'm not too concerned long term. Like he'll he'll just adapt and like his quality on the ball is just next level. Like I haven't seen it from a spell playing ages. Probably since like Modric. Like even our best midfielders since then, yeah, like Dembele, Wanyama. What they did, yeah, like they were they were like they were just powerhouses but the actual quality on the ball wasn't wasn't amazing. Like and like Dembele was a great dribbler and just powered through midfields and it was so good to watch but it wasn't really like Endombele literally looks like a genius on the pitch like the way he disguises his passes like it's magical man so I think that's actually a really if we had like a really good DM someone like an Ndidi but obviously not Ndidi um that would protect them too because I don't think Endombele I think is a bit sus defensively unless also same, yeah. Well, I haven't, I haven't seen them enough, that's the thing. Like, they're, they're playing with wings behind them, so it's hard to judge. Like, I don't think any midfielders would look great 
um, defensively if they have if they have someone like Winks, you know, who doesn't mop up anything, doesn't sniff out danger. So, but the thing that the thing that pissed me off here, Lacelso for that for that um, Sheffield United goal. I don't know if it was the disallowed one or the actual goal. I think it was the actual goal. He missed the slide tackle on it. It just he should have got it. Like he should have intercepted that, and that rattled me because like. Uh, like you should have just you just should have just sniffed that danger out but yeah um onto the front three i think son and kane are pretty like they're they're they are our two best players now um yeah like not much needs to be said about them obviously son is playing more centrally now but i don't know if that's i don't know if he's actually better there like his numbers when he played left wing were still really good like he was getting 13 14 goals a season Maybe in the Champions League, maybe in the big games, like it makes sense to play him century because you want him sort of running behind more. And you know when we're playing like a deep block, yeah, which happens a lot. Maybe not a deep block, but when when we're not playing on the counter, basically, like we're against City or like we like we kind of did against Bayern, where there's less space in behind. Son is more effective on the left. Like he loves getting that half a yard of space and shooting. Like that's what he does on the left. So. I don't think like I don't think Son is better centrally than left wing. He's just his reputation has sort of gone up because he's doing more in big games and because he's just like the City game for example last season in the Champs. Would that have happened if he played left wing as a as opposed to pretty centrally? I doubt it. Um, so yeah, that's it really. Um, I saw left wing Kane up front and then a right winger. I think we need. We need a more creative right winger than Lucas because Lucas doesn't even want to fucking play on the wing. He's sort of obsessed with. I think he said himself he sees himself as a striker or something like that. Like, I don't understand this guy's whole career. Yeah, okay, at, at Sao Paulo, I think he was uh, an attacking mid. But since then, at PSG, he literally played for like five years on the right. So I don't get where this whole, ah, uh, he can't play on the wing stuff has come from. Like, he, I don't remember the last time he played on the wing for us. Like, it must be. It must be like the start of 2019 or something. And I know we play with, with a 4-1-2-1-2 now, or uh, whatever, it's Diamond. We don't play 4-2-3-1 much. 4-2-3-1 much. But he never plays on the wing, and it pisses me off, because his skill set is suits the playing on the wing. Like He's a good dribbler, he runs in behind. I don't get why he's so obsessed on playing centrally, and why Poch loves playing him centrally. Even Poch, yeah, this is the thing. He's become obsessed with just playing so narrow and like having no width whatsoever like the fullbacks are meant to provide the width but we don't have athletic fullbacks we don't have like Robertson or fucking like someone like Atal would be great we don't have like Walker or Cancelo that will just like bomb up the wing you know we don't have that and and provide that we don't have that I mean Oreo's like the closest we've got but even he is like even he's not great on the ball. He's more sort of someone that just runs into space and then puts the ball in. So, you know, I miss Pete Rose, basically. That's what I'm trying to say. I miss Rose and I miss Walker. So, we need a winger, I'd say. But it's not, like, urgent. Like, we could sort of just play, like, a 4 3, three with Ali and um, Son sort of just as second strikers, basically. Or, like, Ali 10 and then Son... Um, sort of just off the left or have like a free roll left or right of Kane um, but yeah I'd love Usman Dembele but I just doubt 
I doubt we'll get him. Like he'll probably still cost about seventy eight million. And and I don't know, I just Poch now he just doesn't even he doesn't really play with wingers, so I don't see it happening. But that's what I want. I want a winger like like Dembele, a creative winger, you know. Obviously, in an ideal world, it would be someone like Sancho, but there's a zero chance that's happening. But I think Dembele is like the next best next best thing, I think, on the market. And he probably will be on the market now. Like, he's not had a great season. Okay, if they sack Valverde, maybe the new manager is like, he loves him and whatever, but... I don't know. I just put in a cheeky bit of like sixty million in in the summer and just hope they take it. I hope they see it as like they can recoup some of some of the money because I I can't see him ever being a success in Barcelona. Like the way they play, what they require of him. But in a team where he'll actually play out wide, his main job will just be to create for Kane. Um, you know where we won't have too much defensive responsibility. I don't know. I see it working then. And especially playing right back at Barca like Semedo or Roberto, they don't really offer much going forward. Like, especially Semedo, he's quick, but he's just not like he's he's a defensive fullback. It's weird. Like, so maybe if he had like someone like Atal on the right to link up with, it'd be a completely different story. You know, he'd have more space, one on one stuff like that. So yeah, so that's my like ideal eleven. There's no way that is happening, but. I, if we even just sign like a like a centre back and a DM, I'd be happy for next season, honestly. But realistically, we do need like about four or five new players. So that pretty much covers the Spurs questions. Um, someone asked me, is it similar to the Klopp situation at Dortmund? Obviously, Klopp. Yeah. Klopp, the thing is with Klopp, that situation was a lot worse than Pochettino. I think, like they were literally bottom in like early February so relegation was a genuine was a genuine concern and even if they they were playing better than the results suggested when you're just losing every week that doesn't really that doesn't really matter like results are what matters so um I don't know like I never get this fear that we're gonna even finish bottom half like I think we're just sort of a mid-table ninth tenth tenth team now um and I think the thing as well of Klopp, no one really mentions it, but he lost Lewandowski that summer and they signed Immobile, who was a complete flop. So you can kind of see why why they'd be a lot worse. Whereas with us, it's sort of, it's the same squad, minus Trippier. Okay, Ericsson's basically like a non, he's not really, he's not contributing at all right now. So it's ba- it, we've basically lost Ericsson from last season. Um... But still, like, we've signed Ndombele, we've signed La Celso. You, you still expect us to be a similar level to last year, but we just look ten times worse. So, I don't know. It's similar in the sense that that side has run their course. Like, things have gotten a bit stale, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, it is kind of similar. And, yeah, there's that feeling that their best days are sort of behind them. As in the team, like, that, that Dortmund team had already their best days are pretty much behind them. Um, you know, guys like the thing is that they still had a lot of guys who were still close to their prime, so it's a bit weird. Like, they had like Royce, Hummels, I think. Um, Aubameyang was like 25 at the time, I think. So I'm not sure, but then again, we've got that as well. With a lot of our players, it's just like Kane is 26, even though he's playing like a 30 year old, he's still close to his, he's not far off his prime level, I don't think. He's not way past his prime, 
same with like Son, Ali, you know, Ericsson. It's just the guys like Alvaro, Vertonghen are falling off a cliff. So, so yeah. Um, so that's it for Spurs now. I hope that covers all your Spurs questions because I got asked loads, which I tweet about Spurs so much that I thought most people probably know my thoughts anyway. But yeah, good to just answer those. Um, what's England's best possible midfield three? I'm guessing this is for the Euros. So uh, this is tricky, yeah, because with international football, it's a bit different to just regular season football because. I think there's more, there's way more emphasis on being able to keep the ball and just being good in possession. So someone like, someone that's just really good at winning the ball, like Rice or, you know, someone like that, they are, they're not as valuable in international football. Like, I can, I can just see it now, yeah. England will be struggling to break down, like, fucking, I don't know, like, Turkey at home or something. Not Turkey at home, but Turkey in the Euros because... Rice is poor in the ball, something like that. I can just see it already. Um, you know, the same way happened with Dyer at the at the at the the Euros. Like, what was it? Yeah, Euros. Yeah, it was just. So I think Winks is probably Winks is a better player than Rice anyway. But him as a DM, like I'd probably still play uh, Winks because like he's just at least he's a bit more of an incisive passer. He's good on the ball. You know, he's. Okay, he's nowhere near as good as Rice defensively, but he just gives you more in possession. I think that's what's really important in international football. You know, recycles the ball, gets the ball to the fullbacks quicker, stuff like that. So, Winks for me is sort of the the standout DM option or the deepest one of the three. Um, also depends if they're playing a four-two-three-one or a four-three-three, because I think if it's a four-three-three, yeah, guys like Ali and Mount. Ali's pretty much not in the conversation anyway, but Ali and Mount, I don't really see them as 4 3 3 centre mids. Whereas Madison, he's literally playing centre mid now for Leicester. Like, he's playing quite deep and he's involved in build up. Like, he is, he is, he is a perfect eight, like, for England. So, especially the season he's had as well, like, I'd start Madison, to be honest. I'd start Madison. But the thing is, yeah, everyone hates Barkley. But he's been pretty good for England. Like, he seems to score assist every game. But then again, it is just qualifiers. So I don't know. I, it's between them two for me. If they're playing 4 for 3 either them, either Barkley or Madison as the most advanced centre mid. And then the other one who's sort of good at all, just good all rounds. Um, I'm not sure. Like, Ox is sort of putting in a good, good account for himself lately. Um... But his fitness, like I'm not sure if I just see him getting it. I just I just don't see him. Oh shit! I just don't see him nailing down a spot at all, like for Liverpool, and that might be an issue. You know, Southgate likes to pick players up that are playing regularly. So shit, my voice went. Um, he likes to pick players that are playing regularly, so that might be an issue. Um, same with Loftus Cheek. Obviously, he's injured right now, but you'd expect to be back like in a couple of months. So I don't know between them two. I'd say Ox, but I don't see either of them sort of being regular starters for 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 their club. So I'm not sure. Maybe even Parkley and Madison, but I think that does leave. 
that does leave um, Winks quite exposed. But if if I just ignored the whole uh, Oxison playing for for Liverpool shit, I just pick him because I just think he's England's best centre mid. If you still consider Madison a ten who can play deeper, then yeah, Ox is England's best centre mid for me. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Uh, team that's most impressed in Europe this season. So, I think Chelsea are like the obvious ones because they are legit like the third best team in England. I don't think anyone, even like the most sort of optimistic Chelsea fans or just people about Chelsea in general, they they did not see this coming. Like maybe top four, but like no one saw Abraham being this good. Like looking like a 20 goal a season striker no one saw Pulisic you know he's, I think he's scored more goals this season than he did last season already like he's looked so good so good these last few weeks uh, Mount's been pretty good uh, Williams looked like a great player like yeah like Chelsea legit look amazing and yeah I did not see that coming at all like I thought maybe 6th or 7th I think I put them 6th actually before the season started but yeah, they just look top four already looks in the bag. So definitely Chelsea. I think outside the Premier League, maybe Gladbach. They're like the standout ones. I mean, they. I think they're currently top of Bundesliga. Um, you know they've got guys like Taram, player, Embolo. Uh, I think that's his name. Yeah, Embolo, the Swiss guy. Um, LVD. I think they've all Zakaria. Like they've got a good squad here, yeah, but. They are just their attack looks crazy good, and yeah, Ro- Marco Rose is not really getting much sort of. I feel like he's not getting much credit. Like, there's always these. It feels like these managers only get credit when they do something relevant in like Champions League. So like Jardim, Jardim was top of league and but no one really batted an eyelid until until they like beat Man City six or until they drew against them like six six on aggregate. So I don't know. It feels like. Gladbach either have to win like Europa League or something or literally win the Bundesliga for him to get for Marco Rose to get the credit he deserves but yeah I'd say them too obviously Leicester in it as well but I don't know if they've been like I don't think they've been as good as you know as the table suggests like they they probably have been the fourth best team in England this season where are they are they like second right now but yeah they they, they I, don't, I think they'll be fourth within like a couple of weeks anyways because there's no way they're like finishing above City, so and I think Chelsea have like clearly been better than Leicester, but um they've definitely surprised me. Like I didn't think they'd be this good. I thought they'd be, I thought they'd probably get top six. Like top six was probably fifty fifty between them and Chelsea or United. Like I, they were in. I saw them as that sort of level of team, that sort of caliber of team, like as good as United and Chelsea. Um, but yeah, they've just been they've just been really good. Um. Vardy, yeah, probably been the best player in the league this season. Um, Madison's been great. Tielemans looked decent. Indeed, he's been a monster. Like, Sainsbury's just shocked everyone and just replaced Maguire. Like, yeah, Leicester looked Leicester look good. Top four looks... I wouldn't say nailed on because I still believe, like, United could, like... Could, could salvage top four. That's not out of the question. Um... And I do think Leicester sort of they have gotten a bit lucky so far, and that will sort of 
that will come to an end eventually. Like they they are probably the fourth best team in England, but they're not like I don't think they're like Chelsea level as as the table suggests. So that's it. They're probably like the three standouts, and the most disappointing ones other than Spurs and yeah, other than Spurs. Um, I'd say Leon, but I don't really know what to sort of what the expectations were for Leon before the season started because they did lose Ndombele, they did lose Fakir, they did lose um, they did have like Silvino's manager who's a complete just unknown quantity. Like we didn't know, I don't know if he, this is even his first job. Like I just never heard of him as a manager before this season, so I don't know if I'd say disappointed, but. They've been shit, so that is. They've probably been the most underwhelming team, yeah. Um, other than the Spurs, um, but on like an individual note, Depay and Dembele have been pretty good in like in the league. Well, like from a goal scoring point of view, anyway. I don't watch like every Leon game, but um, Depay especially in the league and Champions League, I think he's like the third or fourth top scorer in Europe. Like he's just the main man of that team, so. Yeah, um, and then Napoli, probably the next worst, sort of most disappointed team. Um, just been pretty... I think they beat Liverpool, but other than that, I think in the Champions League, they've, they've looked sort of average. I think they... I watched the game they drew against... Um, was it Genk? Or which, whatever the Belgian team in that group is, I don't remember. But they look bang average in that game. In the league, I think they're sort of... I think they're outside, like, the top four. They've not looked great. Um... I don't really know what's gone wrong for them to be honest. I don't really watch many of their games. Like I've watched maybe five, six this season max. Um but yeah, I don't really know like what's gone wrong for them. Like I thought Lozano would be I really like Lozano as a player and he's just barely contributed for me. He's got like one goal, one assist so far. Um Milik's been pretty decent. Mertens obviously is declining but he's still been pretty decent. Um but yeah, I just don't know what's gone wrong for them. But Points wise and just performance wise, they've they've definitely underwhelmed. And um, on to I think this will be the final question because it's gone on gone on for a while already. Um, title race are Chelsea in it? So this is sort of like this is just discussion of the title race in general and are Chelsea in it? Yes. So. Who's going to win between Liverpool and City? I think Liverpool are like clear favourites now. Like, obviously the table suggests that like even the, the bookies odds, like they are clear favourites. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't rule City out, obviously, because you just can't rule them out. You know, and the same thing happened last season and City came back to win. So, I don't know. I think, and I also think Liverpool are worse this season than last season. But so are City. So it's like, it kind of evens itself out. Um, yeah, I think Liverpool will win it. Like, the gap at this point, even if City are better than Liverpool for the rest of the season, it doesn't matter because it's, like, a nine-point gap now, so they have to be nine points better. Like, how many points will Liverpool drop between now and the end of the season? Not many. Like, how many have they dropped since the start of last season? Probably, like, 20 in total, if even that. Like, they dropped, what, was it 17 last season and then two this season? So... They're not dropping more than about 10 or 15 points. So that means City have to literally win like, every game with the exception of like two or three. Like that is not happening. So, ah oh, man, I, I think Liverpool, they've got this in the bag now. And I'm not even mad. Like I want to see it happen. 
I want to see like Klopp get that win over over Pep now. Like, yeah, man, come on. I just want to see him win it. Um, are Chelsea in it? Almost definitely not. But why not, man? Why not? Where are they now? I think they're like third. So you know, points. Why? I don't. The thing is, yeah, they keep winning as well. So it's sort of, if City are in it, yeah, we sort of have to. You can't completely just dismiss Chelsea. And you know they certainly look like dropping off a lot less than than Leicester do. So yeah, I don't think Chelsea are in it, but they are like fucking good. Like if it was any other season where we weren't playing with two of the best teams ever, like if Chelsea were competing against, say, I don't know who was the best team like five years ago. You know it was like it was like Pellegrini's City or you know like Conte's Chelsea or Pochettino Spurs. Or Wenger's Arsenal. These teams, yeah. Like Lampard's Chelsea right now are sort of on a similar level to them. Like they would compete with the title for the title with those teams, if that makes sense. So yeah. I don't think they're in the title race, but they are they are really good. Um I think I wanna do one more question. Let me just check to her, like just to see because it's been about 40 minutes and I like to keep these about 50 minutes, maybe an hour at a stretch. So let me just check. Um, oh, I like this. I'll just answer a couple quick ones because why not? So if Poch goes, oh, this is kind of a Spurs question again, but if Poch goes, who who would want to see replacing him? Um, definitely not any of the names I've seen us linked so, with. So Mourinho, Howell. Southgate, just no, no thanks. Um, Nagelsmann is like a dream, but that is not gonna happen. Like, I would sack Nagelsmann right now if, if um, I would sack Nagelsmann. I would sack Poch right now if we could get Nagelsmann because he's just, he just looks like a ridiculously tan- talented manager and like a prodigy. But he just seems destined for buying in like a couple of years. So even next season he'll probably be buying manager. So it's really unlikely he leaves Leipzig, who are what they're in the title race. And it's unlikely he leaves that for for Spurs mid-season. You were like, what, f- stranded in 14th? Like, there's no way it happens. Um, so, after realistic options, if Pochettino went, which is possible, like, I'm hearing it could be as soon as the West Ham game, according to, like, the Telegraph and, and stuff. If we lose that game, I honestly, I honestly think it's possible he gets, like, if we lose, like, 3-0 or something, which is, it's possible, like... West Ham are in shit form, but they always seem to just... They always turn up for the Spurs games. Like, there's rarely been a time where where we've rolled West Ham over. You know, they always turn up, especially at home. So, I don't know. I actually think... I'll take a draw from that game right now, man. Because, yeah. We just don't look like being anyone right now. But yeah, back to the original question. I think Ten Hag from Ajax, he's like the standout option. Um... But then again, he was like, he was like an assistant at Bayern a few years ago. So he sort of seems like, I don't know, either him or Nogsman or Marco Rose, they all seem like destined for that Bayern job. But um, I'd 100% take Ten Hagman. I really like him. And yeah, like he's, ma- he's mainly being rated because of what he's done in the Champions League. And that is always a risk, like rating managers just over cup runs. But just the way he plays against these big teams, like, even against Chelsea, um, I was just watching the highlights, even against, like, 
even with nine men, they were still creating chances against a pretty decent team. So, Ten Hag looks quality. Um, obviously, Allegri, I take like a lot of a lot of people have this sort of negative view on on Allegri because he plays defensive football, or whatever. Or you know, because of the Champions League, he never came close to win. Well, he never won it. Like he, he was in the final, he didn't not come close. But I don't know. People think people see him as short of the elite category, and honestly, that is fine. That's still a very good manager. Like you could argue, Poch is short of that elite category. So I think Allegri, Ten Hag, I'll take either of them. Um, they're not too many, like standard options. Like obviously, Marco Rose. I, I don't see him leaving Gladbach. Like, they're going to be the champs next season, most likely, and we're not. So, I don't know if he'd come to Spurs. Um, like, we're not a massive club, so I don't know. It'd probably, it'd probably be after someone... It'd probably be, have, it'd probably be someone that um, is looking for, like... That's been out of employment for a while. Someone that's desperate, like Mourinho. Or Allegri, who's been out for, what, six, seven months now. So... Yeah, that's that's who I that's who I want. That's who I take. Um, I like this one. Who's your? What's your favorite relegation six pointer of all time? So the first game that proper springs to mind. I don't think it counts as a six pointer here because it was pretty early in the season. That like was sort of Christmas time. But I don't know if you remember that Swansea Palace game where it was like five four to Swansea and both teams were in like terrible form and just. Crazy. I think that was Bob Bradley's only win as Swansea manager. Like, I think Palace took the lead, then Swansea took the lead, then Palace were like 4 2 up or something, and then Swansea came back. Like, it was a mad game. And that's probably one of the best games, like, in Premier League history, like, top 10. So, that's the one that springs to mind. Um, I don't really know. Like, the thing is, yeah, a lot of these relegation six points are really cagey, so. They don't really produce that many goals, so a lot of them are like one nil thanks to a set piece header. Um, but yeah, that's like the standard one. I remember there was one Southampton Swansea a couple of years ago. I'm not gonna. Lie. It was a terrible game, but I just remember the goal. Like the scenes after the goal was pretty mad because it effectively relegated Swansea and effectively saved Southampton. Um, yeah, I'd say that's it. I mean, Newcastle and Sunderland down the years have had a few, but. I don't know if they like I think that's more because of the occasion of you know it's a rivalry um, and final 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 one um, should pressing be discussed more when we're talking about a player's qualities um, I think absolutely like maybe not on the same level as like goal scoring obviously but if a player just doesn't work hard that is a, that is an issue so someone like uh, I don't know. But like Pepe, for example, he's he's he doesn't really contribute much defensively. Like he does not track back, you know, and that is a bit of an issue. But if someone like, um, you know, I mean, what does Pepe contribute? At the end of the day, he's probably like a twenty goal and assist a season guy. I see at Arsenal maybe like ten goals, ten assists. Let's just say that's what he will average for the next few seasons. If there's a player that scores and assists slightly less, so say like a Richarlison, you, you know, he's like a, what, 10 goal, 15 goal, doesn't really assist at all, to be honest. I think he's got like three or four in since the start of last season. But he works his socks off. Like, he impresses like a maniac. So, 
the gap between the goals and assists is sort of um, you could argue that Richardson's work rate makes up for it. I'm not saying Richardson's better than Pepe, but those are just two players as an example. Like if there's player A that you know contributes slightly more goals and player B that contributes slightly less, but he works so hard for the team, wins the ball back loads. Like I saw a stat the other day, yeah. Richarlison, I think he's got like the highest tackle percentage outside the top six or something. Like he runs his socks off, and someone like Jose Perez as well. Like he's not a great. I don't really rate him at all, but he works so hard for the team. Like, I think he made more tackles than any other forward last season, more than like Firmino, who everyone associates with winning the ball back and pressing. Jose was even better last season at that aspect. So it's definitely something to consider, but it's not something that I like. Like if a player had a had a good work rate, but not much else, it wouldn't convince me to buy them. But if a player had a, like a bad work rate, like same way, if a player had a bad work rate, but they they excelled in everything else, it wouldn't put me off buying them. Like it's not a, you know, it's not a deciding factor for me. It's just something to consider. The same way you consider like, you know, if someone's injury prone or not. You know, it's probably a smaller like it probably means less than if someone's injury prone or not. Someone that's injury prone that would put me off buying them. Someone like Kane, yeah. Okay, Kane from two years ago, maybe let's just, let's just say he was in his absolute prime. Would I spend two hundred million on Kane two years ago when he was the best striker in the world? Twenty four, maybe, but maybe not because like he keeps getting injured. Like, what does he actually contribute that at the end of the day? He plays about 30, 35 games in all comps a season. And, you know, that means you're going to have to rely on a backup striker for, like, a quarter of every season. You know, you'd much rather have someone like, I don't know, obviously not Suarez anymore, but Suarez with his injury record, you know, across a whole season, that guy will play about 50 games for you. Like, so, you know, that's how I see it. So hopefully that answered that question. Hopefully I've answered everyone's questions. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening once again.